What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Monday, September 18th. I, I am so excited to be recording today. It's been, I've been getting my butt kicked in school. It's been awful. Like, for example, last week, four papers and two projects to do. I only have five classes. It was insane. It was a really long, busy week. And today is one of those days where I'm just like so excited to record. Like I, this, this side project, this show is my favorite thing I do. And I'm so excited to uh, write it every day I get to write it. And, and I'm, I'm very excited for today. I want to start by talking about the Seattle Seahawks. This weekend, the Seahawks barely scraped out a win against the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks won 12-9. to and, and after Russell Wilson... Russell Wilson made a ridiculous touchdown play that gave them a lead and ultimately helped them win the game. Uh, I I really don't think people appreciate Russell Wilson enough. He does not get enough credit. In fact, I hear people criticizing Russell Wilson's ability to play football. If you don't think Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you simply do not understand football. It drives it drives me nuts. This argument is killing me. I still to this day am hearing these things against Russell Wilson. The offensive line is a huge, crippling issue for the Seattle Seahawks. R- Russell Wilson is rarely even able to set his feet. Seriously. I counted, and there wasn't a play in the sing- uh, there wasn't a single play in the second quarter that he wasn't either being hit or running away from a defender so he doesn't get hit. He's always throwing on the run. He's always throwing as he's hit. He's never able to set his feet. Russell Wilson gets destroyed in the backfield. And, and I know Seahawks fans are, are well aware of the issue. Every, every Seahawks fan knows, yes, the offensive line's terrible. But it's getting insane. Th- this poor guy is running for his life. In fact, there was one third down where Russell Wilson finally did get protection. It's like a Christmas miracle. Like this guy finally gets a chance. Russell Wilson throws a perfect ball on third down and it was dropped. That is their season in a nutshell. You got to realize, Russell Wilson was nearly perfect yesterday. The guy made great throws. He made great reads. Russell Wilson escaped pressure. But Russell Wilson simply has no help in Seattle. You need to work with a good team of people. I don't care how talented you are. For example, Tom Cruise can only do so much. You need a whole production crew to make a movie. If you don't, you just have Tom Cruise alone in a dark room talking to himself. You can't expect Tom Cruise to make a movie all by himself. You also can't expect Russell Wilson to win games by himself. The Seahawks have scored one touchdown all year. And the only time they did was when Russell Wilson made, had a superhuman effort. Russell Wilson is constantly on third and eleven. I know, I'm, I'm pretty intense. I, I'll admit, I don't like making excuses. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind of a hard, hard ass in that way. In fact, I'll admit, Russell Wilson even, he simply missed two throws yesterday. He, 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 he was, he's not, here's the thing though. Russell Wilson missed two throws. So did Aaron Rodgers. So did Tom Brady. Matt Ryan. I know the world doesn't care. You know, you have a paper due you have a project due. Your boss doesn't care what kind of excuses you have. Your boss wants your assignment turned in. The world doesn't care about your excuses. Believe me, if you know anything about my background, you know, I, the, the world, you know that I realize the world is a harsh place. I am aware of the harsh realities of life. However, Russell Wilson deserves to be given a pass, which is weird to say. I don't say that very often. 
The Seahawks are not putting Russell Wilson in a position to succeed. The game yesterday against the 49ers, Russell Wilson made plays that, frankly, no one else in the world can make. The way Russell Wilson runs around and avoids sacks is absolutely incredible. No one else, you know, if you, if you switch Aaron Rodgers, no one else could win in Seattle the way Russell Wilson did yesterday. Russell Wilson's offensive line is god-awful. If Russell Wilson couldn't run, the Seahawks would not win. The only other quarterback that might be able to win games in Seattle is Aaron Rodgers. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is possibly the most talented quarterback in the history of the NFL. Tom Brady, with the Seahawks offensive line, Tom Brady could not win if he played for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson is valuable because without him, the Seahawks would not be able to win. Replace him with any other quarterback in the league, and the Seahawks would not be the same. The Seahawks would not win games. You watch, I, I watched Russell Wilson run, a, run for his life the entire game. He gets beat up. He gets destroyed. His team is hor- horrendous on offense. Yet the guy's still positive. He's still high-fiving guys, helping people up, clapping his hands. He's overwhelmingly positive. The debate is over. Russell Wilson is easily a top five quarterback in the NFL. And it's lunacy. It's absolutely crazy to suggest otherwise. Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I want to to shift gears to the NBA for a minute. If you've been living under a rock for the last couple months, let me update you. Kyrie Irving this offseason last for a trade to leave his team. At the time, Kyrie Irving played with LeBron James, who is the best player in the world. And Kyrie Irving has played in three straight championships, yet he asked for a trade and he wanted to leave the team he had been so successful with. Well, eventually, Kyrie Irving was traded to another team. And the other day when Kyrie Irving was asked about leaving Cleveland, in an interview, he said that he didn't feel like he owed LeBron James an explanation for leaving. He also said that Kyrie Irving said that he wanted to leave because he wanted to be happy. Half of this is really stupid (laughs) and half of this I fully support. So I want to break this whole interview down. First of all, uh, when I was with my ex-girlfriend, she asked me to move away with her. She went to school really far away and she said she wanted me to go live with her and attend college where she went to school. I said no. I didn't feel comfortable doing that. I wanted to go to college for myself. And now look where I'm, you know, a year later, I took a year and a half off. I wanted to do what was best for me. And a year and a half later, I love where I'm at. I'm in a great situation. Life couldn't be any better. I love, I love my new school. I needed that time off. So when Kyrie Irving says he wants to be happy, that resonates with me. I understand. You got to do what's best for you sometimes. And that, that leads me to this. I have an even better example of how Kyrie Irving felt in Cleveland. One of the networks I work for is really demanding. They have really, really high expectations. And if you don't meet them, they, they will tell you. They will let you know. I, I, I love these working conditions. It, it's really efficient and it demands that you perform at the top of your game. It's great. I really love it. I I love it. They have high expectations. They tell you what the expectations are. And if you don't deliver, they let you know, which, hey, hey, 
That's the real life. You got to deliver. Some people really don't like it, though. Instead of calling the director, I use the word demanding, (laughs) they would probably use the word asshole. Some people don't like the way this unnamed network runs their show. They, they, they avoid working for this network. When they come into town, they're like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. They don't want to do any jobs with them. And, that, and that's fair too. For some people, the advantages of working with this network is not enough to deal with the struggles and the expectations that comes with the job. LeBron is very similar to this network. He expects a lot of his teammates. LeBron can be demanding. He's also effective. But but for Kyrie Irving, the perks of playing with LeBron James, such as you know going to the NBA Finals three years in a row, that's not worth it to Kyrie Irving anymore. Kyrie Irving wants a better quality of life. He doesn't want to work with that demanding boss. He doesn't want to deal with LeBron. Personally, I would never leave LeBron. But Kyrie and I... Kyrie Irving and I are very different people. Upon hearing this, I actually respect Kyrie Irving's decision to leave Cleveland. I just wish the dude had spoken out sooner. Kyrie Irving wants to be happy. I totally get it. I totally understand. I wouldn't do what he did, but to each their own, you know. But there's another element to this. It's not just about being happy. Kyrie Irving said he did not owe LeBron James an explanation for leaving. And that's where I fundamentally disagree with Kyrie Irving. See, this is a breakup. Kyrie Irving broke up with LeBron James. What's the worst kind of breakup? Can can you imagine? The worst kind of breakup is the kind where someone just disappears. They stop answering their phone. I, I, they, they just, they ghost you. I think that's the way that, what it's called. I've never done this. But I've seen friends of mine deal with this from, from both sides, actually. You can't just disappear with no explanation. You know, you know the, you stop answering your phone. You don't call her to set up another date. It's not cool to do that to girls. Th- these girls are sitting at home wondering, what's happening? Is he going to call me? What's he thinking? It, it's so unfair. Guys that break up with girls like that are cowards. I find Kyrie Irving very similar to this cowardly guy. The guy that never sits down and has a conversation. The guy who's afraid to attack it head on. Who won't communicate. That's just not what you do. You don't just ignore a girl and disappear. So yes, of course Kyrie Irving owes LeBron James an explanation. Maybe Kyrie Irving hates LeBron James, and maybe he doesn't. But regardless, Kyrie Irving needs to be a grown-up. Have a conversation with LeBron James. Three years, you owe him that. You wouldn't break up with your girlfriend of three years over a text. If you do that, you're a coward. So, so while I support Kyrie Irving on leaving, you got to do what you got to do. You, if you're unhappy, break up with that girl. Even if you've been together three years, don't move to Timbuktu with her just because that's what she wants. Just like I did, Kyrie Irving deserves to be happy. But the way that Kyrie Irving broke up with LeBron James was completely cowardly, and I, could not agree, I, I couldn't disagree with Kyrie Irving more. 
Kyrie Irving was a coward and he should have talked to LeBron James. Yes, go be happy. But also you got to communicate. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take a short break. When I return, there is one team with a Hall of Fame quarterback that is absolutely screwed. And later, even though Jared Goff totally blew it this weekend, we should cut him some slack. I'll be right back. This weekend, the New Orleans Saints lost to the Patriots 20-36. And man, the Saints are in trouble. I asked last week, how long does Sean Payton have left in New Orleans? How many years can the Saints be completely mediocre uh, before people are getting get sick of it and call for his job? You know, you know, the Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, is a Hall of Famer. Yet the Saints haven't, you know, he's, Drew Brees is easily a top five quarterback in the league. Yet recently the Saints haven't been able to deliver. The Saints can overcome their issues on defense. And at 0-2, it looks like the Saints are going to once again have a mediocre season. Here's some context. This is why the Saints are in big trouble. The Saints play in arguably the best defense or the best division in football. Twice a year, they have to play the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Buccaneers. And any one of those teams are a playoff team. Maybe two of them. The Panthers are 2-0. and The Falcons are 2-0. and the Buccaneers would be 2-0 if Hurricane Irm, if that meant a hurricane and they had to cancel their first game. Uh, the Saints are not 0-2. Playing in the best division in football where everyone else is undefeated. Sean Payton could lose his job at the end at the end of this year. I'm I'm worried for Sean Payton. Uh, I I know what Sean Payton has done for the city. I know he won them a Super Bowl. Sean Payton has done things for New Orleans you can't ever repay. But three years in a row, the Saints have been 7-9. and nine. The, the middle of the pack is the worst position in sports. As an NFL franchise, you, your goal is to A, to win. But if you can't win, you want to be interesting. The middle is not interesting. We're interested with the bottom, and we're interested with the top. We, no one cares about 8-8. Eight and eight. No one cares about 7-9. and nine. Let's look at the NBA, for example. There are four teams I'm really excited to watch next season. The Celtics, the Cavaliers, the Warriors, and the Lakers. Three are arguably the best teams in the NBA, uh, but we also are interested in the worst teams. How, how are the Lakers going to respond? Are they going to change their culture? They have new young guys. You know what I'm not interested in? Are the boring teams that just miss the playoffs. I'm interested in the Texans and the Bears and the Patriots and the Falcons, the Seahawks. I like the people that are the best and the worst. I don't care about the middle. The Saints may have to move on from Sean Payton and Drew Brees. In this same game, which the Patriots, the Saints for the Patriots, a lot of things happen. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just worried about the Saints. I... I, I They've been 7-9 and nine again three years in a row, and they need to deliver. And if they don't deliver, something needs to change. So, so in this game, the Saints played the Patriots this weekend, and, and a couple of things happened. First, the first thing that happened was Drew Brees, or Tom Brady completely bounced back. It, it was so funny last week. Everyone was ready to throw a retirement party for Tom, uh, Tom Brady. People were ready to throw him away. In the case of Tom Brady, people need to slow 
down. This guy has plenty of football left in him. He went out in the first quarter and absolutely dominated. The guy had three touchdowns in the first quarter. I, I am so certain that, I, you know, last week, all the noise, everyone's talking about how, oh, it's time for Tom Brady to retire. That made Tom Brady angry. And, and you don't want to play Tom Brady when Tom Brady is angry. I'm, I'm so sure that performance felt good. Something else happened, though, in the Patriots game that was really alarming. The, the Patriots receiving core is really, really thin. You know, Malcolm Mitchell's out with an injury. <clears throat> Julian Edelman is obviously out for the season. Danny Amendola has concussion problems. And yesterday, Rob Gronkowski got hurt again. My initial reaction was, trade him. Get rid of him. We can't depend on him. Uh, the Patriots have always gotten rid of players before it's too late. The problem here is that if the Patriots get rid of Gronk, what else do they have? They have Brandon Cooks, a great receiver, but he can't do it all by himself. So the Patriots may hold on to Gronk this season. I, I know he's hurt. I know he's not contributing anything, but they got to keep him. They have nothing else going for him. But I do believe that this is the beginning of the end for Rob Gronkowski. I, I, I've talked in the past about consistency. I will pay more for a dependable, reliable car. I'll pay more for coffee if I know I'm going to get the same thing every time. This is one of the reasons why I love Russell Wilson so much. You can always rely on the guy. Yet, with Gronkowski, it's getting to the point where his injuries and his reliability is quickly becoming an issue. When was the last time Rob Gronkowski played a full season and didn't miss any games due to injury? This has to be so frustrating if you're Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Imagine having this amazing tool on your shelf. You know, I have this shelf back here. Imagine I have this great tool, right? Um, the problem is, I don't know if I'm going to be able to use it for every project. Maybe I'll need to use it once every fourth project. I'm going to have to buy another tool that I can use every time. So... I know that Rob Gronkowski's value is getting marked down really quickly, but the Patriots can't keep doing this. The Patriots need something dependable at tight end. So I truly believe this is the beginning of the end for Rob Gronkowski in New England. This week was a, uh, this week was a horrendous week for college football. There was like two good games. Texas and USC was really good. Clemson, the Clemson-Louisville game, actually, I thought was going to be good. It was a total blowout. But despite the weird week with college football, there's one team I want to discuss really briefly. My hometown team, the Washington State Cougars. The fan base of this team is going crazy. And the rankings keep affirming their beliefs. They think WSU is poised to possibly win the Pac-12. I do not agree. I'm a huge fan. But for the record, I love Washington State. I've been a fan for a long time. I have posters. I have shirts. I love Washington State football. But I think WSU is overrated. Again, I love Washington State. I'm a huge fan. However, the fan base is getting carried away. First of all, last week, again, we almost lost to Boise State's backup quarterback. And until this Saturday, until two days ago on Saturday, in in the first two games, Luke Falk didn't tear it up. So this, this Saturday, Luke Falk, the Washington State quarterback, had a great game. He had, he had easily the best game of the year. 
Washington State beat Oregon State 52 to 30 to 23. 52 to 23. And again, Washington State's quarterback had far and away his best game of the season. Luke Falk was 37 of 49 passing for 396 yards and six touchdowns. However, I'm not impressed. I'm still not impressed. Everyone is telling me how <clears throat> this win over Oregon State legitimizes WSU. Hello? Oregon State almost lost to Division I AA Portland State. And they did lose to Colorado State. By a lot. Why should I be impressed with routine? Oregon State is a terrible team. We don't celebrate when someone puts on their seatbelt. That's because putting on your seatbelt isn't a monumental achievement. It's what you're supposed to do. Why should I celebrate beating Oregon State? We were supposed to beat Oregon State. That's how it works. In fact, I would have been worried if the Oregon State game had been even remotely competitive. Washington State's team hasn't done anything impressive yet. They beat two cupcakes and they barely beat a third. Beating Oregon State by a lot of points shouldn't impress anybody. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your job. I was just shocked at the way everyone was amazed with simply meeting expectations. In two weeks, Washington State plays USC. USC will probably smash WSU. But if it's even close and competitive, I'll shut up. I'll never talk about how USC is overrated again. Not this season. But if USC destroys WSU, that will be all the proof we need. Washington State is ranked 18th in the nation, and I'm, I'm extremely skeptical. Time will tell, but currently I am really unimpressed with Washington State football. I don't think they've done anything to deserve their ranking. My name is Zach Schellmer. This is Strong Opinion Sports. I'm going to take another short break. When I return, I played quarterback my entire life. I know the position really well. I even played in college for a year. When I return, I will end this show by talking about what it takes to make a young quarterback successful. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. On Thursday night, the Texans beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and the bright spot for the Texans was their rookie quarterback, Deshaun Watson. That was pretty cool. How about that? Deshaun Watson is the right quarterback for the Texans because he can run. The Houston Texans offensive line is absolutely terrible. A quarterback sitting in the pocket on their team is screwed. He's a sitting duck. The Texans need a quarterback that can run and move out of the pocket. Deshaun Watson fits the Texans because of his mobility. However... While I really enjoyed watching Deshaun Watson have some success, I'm really afraid for him. Has anyone ever skateboarded or, or, or skydive? Skydiving is probably a better example. When you skydive, you jump out of a plane. Once you jump out of the plane, that's it. There's no going back. You're fully committed. That's the situation the Texans are now in. They, they need to be fully committed to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is going to struggle at times. He's going to play poorly. He will struggle with accuracy. He's going to make bad decisions. But the Texans need to just lean in and fully commit to Deshaun Watson. 
which actually that's pretty unlikely to happen. If you look at the history, uh, the Texans should stick with Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season. That is the best way for them to go. If you want your quarterback to develop, you need to support him. You need to just leave him out there. Let him make his mistakes. Let him learn from them. Support your rookie quarterback. But history shows that's not likely to happen. Since 2014, the Texans have started more different quarterbacks than any other team in the NFL. Even more than the Browns. Here's a few. TJ Yates, uh, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Mallett. Those are a few. Bill O'Brien is the least patient coach when it comes to quarterbacks. Now, maybe that is just because he used to coach Tom Brady. Maybe because of the time Bill O'Brien spent with Tom Brady, he has really high expectations. But Deshaun Watson is not Tom Brady. You can't have the same expectations for Deshaun Watson that you have for Tom Brady. That's ridiculous. Deshaun Watson's going to have growing pains. He's going to struggle. The Texans need to simply support him. You know, I once had a coach who didn't support me. He didn't believe in me. Uh, He thought it was funny that I wanted to play college football. I did do that, by the way. I did play college football. It was so fun to prove him wrong. This guy thought I was too small, and I left that school. He thought I was too small and would never make it. I left that school and went somewhere else. You can't play for coaches that don't believe in you. To be successful as a quarterback, you have to have coaches that believe in you. That's one of the reasons why we need to treat this season as a fresh slate for Jared Goff. Yes. Yesterday, Jared Goff totally blew it. I I can forgive that, though. It's a rookie mistake. With a minute 44 left, Jared Goff got the ball back. He stared down a receiver. He, he told the whole stadium, basically, where he was throwing the ball. And he threw an interception to end the game. And if you're Jared Goff, that stinks. But I basically consider this his rookie season. Coming into this season, every doubt or every question about Jared Goff has come from the way the Rams and their former coach treated Jared Goff last season. Last year, the Rams coach Jeff Fisher sat Jared Goff until week 11. That's not much of a vote of confidence. Jared just has needed a coach to believe in him. If you're a quarterback and your coach doesn't believe in you, it won't work. It simply will not work. That's not a lack of desire to fight as a quarterback. It's just, quarterback is a different position than everywhere else. A receiver will be fine if his coach doesn't believe in him. He can prove himself. If a coach doesn't believe in a quarterback, why would anyone else believe in him? See, receiver is very different from quarterback. A receiver isn't looked at to lead a team. A receiver can lead a team, but a quarterback is, ex- a quarterback is expected to be the leader. So a quarterback like Jared Goff needs coaches who support him. That's why we can't judge Jared Goff on last season. Imagine this scenario. You're riding a skateboard and your buddy's driving a car. Who wins the race? The guy driving the car or the guy riding the skateboard? The car easily wins the race, right? 
The guy on the skateboard had no chance. The guy with the skateboard was set up to fail. The skateboard was not a good enough tool to beat the car in a race. And last year, Jared Goff was set up to fail. Last year, he had a defensive-minded coach who did not believe in him. And he didn't have much to work with that receiver. The Rams were, had given... The Rams this season have given Jared Goff the tools to win the race. This, this season, different from last season, this year Jared Goff is sitting in a nice sports car. First, the Rams got a new coach. Sean McVay, he's an offensive genius. He helped resurrect Kirk Cousins' career last season. They got Cooper Cup, a rookie receiver from Eastern Washington. They received Sammy Watkin in a trade with the Bills. They also signed Robert Woods, also from the Bills. They basically stole the Bills' whole receiving core from last season. The point is that now Jared Goff has a fighting chance. Last season, he was in in an unwinnable situation. And this season, Jared Goff has been given a chance to win. He now has a fighting chance. Last season was an unwinnable situation. He was on a skateboard racing a car. But this season, he's been giving a t- given a ton of res- support. And Jared Goff does need to deliver. Yes, he needs to make it happen this year. But more importantly, the Rams just need to continue to support Jared Goff. If the Rams want Jared Goff to be successful, they just need to commit to him. If you support Jared Goff and invest in his future, he may really reward you. But if you don't support Jared Goff, I guarantee you he will not make it happen. My name is Zach Schellmer. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Please go like the Facebook page and continue to tell your friends about the show. We're growing and that's really cool, but I want to keep growing the show. Uh, I'm really excited. to have a radio interview today. That'll be really fun. Um, But as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great day.